2: Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on AI Pro podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful, rainy, rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Liverpool 3, Nottingham Forest 0, 2, actually, sorry, that gave us a better win than we had. In the Premier League for Manfield are Dave Hendrick and Jim Boardman. And just a word before I go to Dave that in case people are wondering, we are actually the only show in town today. Nina's show will not be on for obvious reasons, and um, she's going to be good enough to edit this one together later on. But just so folks know, there's not going to be a live uh, Discord and call-in show today. Dave, um, I was just talking to Jim before you joined the call there, and I was saying that the the dominant feeling I had through that entire match well, actually, I was a little bit bored at times, but the main feeling I had was constant irritation. Yeah. Um, irritation at the the pointless possession stuff that we were doing, like we did uh, against Leeds in the first half hour. Irritation at the ridiculous vulnerability that we showed every time the Acate threw the ball in or anyone put across anywhere near the box. Um, An irritation that we just couldn't seem to underline the dominant quality that we had on the scoreline. And, and I mean that in terms of fashioning really good chances too. So yeah, overall, it was a frustrating afternoon
3: for me. Do you have a more upbeat take? No, surprisingly not. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very confused by what I've just seen. I, I've just watched a team have 82% of the ball and not really create anything at all from open play. We had 82% of the ball and had six shots on target. They had 18% of the ball and managed five shots on target. And I thought created better opportunities from open play than we did. Um, the first half was basically the first 34 minutes against Leeds, where we had lots of sterile possession and created nothing from it. And our only opportunities came from set pieces. And look, we could easily have gone in 3-0 that's the the flip side of it is Virgil missed an opportunity. It was a good save by Navas. Gakbo had an opportunity hooked off the line by Nico Williams. And Jota missed a sitter in the first half. So we could easily have gone in 3-0 up, which would put obviously a very different gloss on that first half performance. But the fact of it is we, we just couldn't open them up. The one time we did slice through them, Trent took a, an unfortunate touch and the ball ran out of play but they like Leeds, looked more dangerous from open play in that first period of the game and i thought they had a couple of good performances i thought uh had a had a really good battle with ibu and it was great to see the two boys really seemed to be enjoying just battering into each other and they were high-fiving each other at one point during the game and that was good to see because the game has gone very very soft And it's become a non-contact sport in a lot of ways. But there's two lads using their physicality and their brutishness to just give each other a torrid old afternoon. And they're both absolutely loving it. I I enjoy seeing that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought thought we just, a lot of our attacks broke down in the same area. They went to the right-hand side and either Mo was isolated and they had Lodi and originally mckenna and then they able to box mo off or it would come back out and the captain would just make sure the center backs were involved i mean his first half display was basically giving it to the center backs or five yards to trent aimless crosses that weren't at anybody in particular and a couple of hoofs down the line and when you're playing with that much of the ball you need the players playing in the most attacking roles to be able to be inventive and creative and he's the most advanced of our players other than the front three, and that's what he's doing. Curtis couldn't get into the game at all at all after yeah. after such a promising performance against Leeds, It was kind of back to that meandering Curtis where everything becomes very slow and labored and look. I thought off the ball, he, he was at least tracking back. He was doing his bit to try and win the ball back and stuff like that. But on the ball, he looked really unsure of himself. Jota wants to drive everything central. He he can't hold the width. He's not technically good enough to beat a man out wide and, and do anything from there. So, that helped them because they wanted everything condensed. They wanted to keep everything as tight as possible. And really, we needed to be trying to spread that defence out a bit to open up some gaps and with the two most advanced midfielders not having a good first half, with Mo getting kind of bottled up, Gakbo struggling to get involved, and Jota not being involved bar the missed chance, it was very difficult for us. And on the other side then, whenever they looked to launch it long and, and try and get a bit direct with us, we started to look really nervy really early on. And they had a couple of opportunities where Gibbs White broke onto the ball in midfield and if they just had one more committed runner, maybe something would have opened up. And we saw that for their sec uh, their first goal, where Gibbs White breaks on to a loose ball, drives in field, and Nico Williams makes the run, and Gibbs White finds. But if they'd had that in the second in, in the first half, I think they would have caused us trouble.
2: Yeah, uh, Jim, it, it, it's it's it, Day's painting a, a a a the realistic picture I think of the uh, of the match I was watching. Um, I had the joy uh, as I was saying to you earlier on of watching on Premier Sports, which means I had all my compatriots uh, doing their bit, uh, including the world class punditry of Kenny Cunningham, um, which I, I honestly do believe. Has done damage to my brain. Uh, uh, we also had Gary Breen on Colcoms, and when they got back to Kenny Cunningham and um, Damien Delaney uh, at half time, the lads were obsessed and at full time obsessed with the role of Trent Alexander Arnold. And I, I hate to, I hate to give it to them, but they did have something um, in that, even though they went on about it excessively. Whatever your initial impression is, would you funnel it through the prism there of what you thought of the Trent Experiment trademark today?
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke-designed T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats by searching for Anfield Index.
0: Ugh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see why they're obsessed with seeing Trent there because it feels it feels unusual, and I do, and I do think, I don't know, it's a good idea, and at times, it's going to be great, but at other times, you know, maybe you just need to be a bit more conventional with things a little bit, and I hate saying that because I'm one of like. We spent the last three years telling people off for expecting Trent to be a conventional fullback who doesn't really offer much going forward type of thing, and um, I don't know. Today, it just felt like at times he was an extra man, and they weren't, we we weren't even finding him to give him the ball to do something, some of his magic with. You know, he, he wasn't doing anything except on the rare, on the rare occasions they went forward. You know, whenever we, whenever we were uh, level, that it kind of put. Our back three, if you like, under more pressure, just for that moment in time, and um, I don't know, it just, it, it, I wasn't, I wasn't keen on that experiment today, just being used as much as it was. I think um, there's a time and place for it, and definitely, definitely, definitely not when you're looking so vulnerable to long throws, which is, a, I suppose if I was doing the co today, maybe the thing I'd have focused on might have been more about the long throws and um, what it is that makes Liverpool so much look like they're absolutely shitting themselves the cells. Anytime anyone gets themselves revved up to take a long throw. I mean, um, whether it's just some old trauma from the stoke towels and things, I'm not sure, <laughs> but even the ground starts to look, just feel like nervy that yeah. there's going to be a long throw. And, you can see why because when it gets in there it's it's just i don't know it's it's just it's, it's like a load of kids on a playground or something there's just no organization there's just no no focus and um and it makes us look weak it makes us look vulnerable and if we can look like that against teams like like forest with all due respect there are some good players there i don't think they're in the position they should be and if that's how they play especially our two meetings with them but that's the position they're in. And if they can do that to us, then it's no wonder we've been so vulnerable this season. Because these, these are the things that, that other teams look at. These are the, the moments that other teams realise are chinks in our armour. And, you know, for other teams, it may not be long throws but because they've got people who can put a good delivery in that, that has a similar effect, if you like. And um, it's, it's, it's I think one one moment I remember in the second half was we were ahead and this was like for about a minute. And I just thought... It may have been before that. I was thinking it took me back to all those um, spring summers at Anfield when a really good Liverpool side was passing the ball about for fun, keeping possession, and then out of nowhere, up and pop some, some legend um, with, a, with a great pass to another legend he would get it in the back of the net and off we'd go, 4-0 win or something um, and we were sort of playing almost like that like we were playing that, that way we were just keeping possession waiting for some legend to to make that killer pass and for the killer finish but we're not that team we're not that great team from the 80s and 90s that used to, oh sorry not 90s 70s and 80s that used to be able to do that with this team, with this team that's just not quite got the ability to sort of always win a game and we need to take chances. We need to make chances. And and the thing is for all the passing around we were doing, as Dave said, the stats say, yeah, we had a hell of a lot of the ball, but we did nothing with it. I mean, I don't know what, if there was ever a stat made of percentage of useful possession um, out of the possession you've got. I mean, Forest would probably be on 80%, whereas we'd probably be on uh, 20%. And... I think that that's the frustration for me more than anything was, you know, we were sort of starting to believe our own hype. You know, we were having loads of the ball. We were in control of the game, et cetera, et cetera. But they were quite happy to sit and watch us do it. And that then leaves you open and leaves you vulnerable. And, you know, at half time, I think I wrote down, you know, we could end up losing this because they are capable of, of just having that one break and getting the goal. And as we saw, they did it twice. Yeah,
2: uh, for what it's worth, the frustration I spoke about earlier on, borderline anger was almost entirely created by uh, a combination of a couple of things. And one of them, chief amongst them, were the the long throw-ins and the attendant chaos that went with them. It's um, it's just not okay uh, if it happens once or twice, but when it happened every single time. And, and and even low crosses into the box, it was a free kick driven in low on stage, and it was like, oh, what do we do with this? It's <laughs> new
3: inventive idea. Yeah, like like I get the idea that most teams don't hurl the long cross in anymore. Gone are the days of Rory De Lapp moving the hoardings to get a long run-up so he could hurl the ball into the box. But, you know, after like the fifth or sixth one, you'd think somebody <laughs> in our back line or somebody in the coaching staff would have had a word and said, look, this is how we deal with this from now on. Go and win that fucking ball or clear the deck so Ali can come out for that.
0: Is it the first time they've ever done that in a game as well? Because you think going into this game, anyone I don't watch Forest, I, I have to say, but I can't believe that they've just said, you know, Forest have gone, come on, let's go to Anfield, let's let's do long throws, we'll practice them all week. We've not done these before, but let's do them. You know, Liverpool are vulnerable, I'm sure they've been doing them, so we must have known that was a thing. That's the thing.
3: Like Nia Carter has missed most of the season through injury. So it hasn't maybe been something that's been frequent for them. Mm. But when he's played in recent weeks, it is a weapon they've tried to utilise. And like you say, Jim, they're not just going to go, oh, well, should Liverpool have Kanate and Van Dijk, two of the most dominant aerial centre-backs in the world? <laughs> this is the right game to just lodge cr- lodge the throw in. Like, this is something that they do. It's a fundamental piece of, of how they create some chances. It, it's no different to us with Trent or Robbo crosses or free kicks. Mm-hmm. It's just a different avenue to create chances. And we we just were completely unprepared for it.
2: I want to talk about this team selections. and I want to get a take from both of you on the Liverpool one um, for the record, in case people weren't watching. Uh, we went with um, Trent and Robbo with uh, Ibu and Van Dijk and obviously Allison behind them. Uh, the midfield was uh, Henderson, Fabinho and Jones with Salah, Gakpo and Jota as the nominal attackers. We have a bench which has Thiago on there, uh, James Milner's on there. We have a bench with Luis Diaz uh, and Darwin Nunes, Joe Gomez, Harvey Elliott, Simicus, Matip and Kellher. It's probably the strongest bench that we've had this season. Um, I have a little bit of an issue around it because for me two of those lads on the bench should have been starters and i'm not talking about diaz because let okay manage him back um absolutely especially after the shit show where he got injured on on a, on a training camp of course you manage him back um but i i don't understand really what uh, the the thinking is behind some of some of of clubs midfield notions and today, you've already alluded to him, Dave, so I just want to get this kind of thing out of the way early because it, it has to come up at some point. Today, yet again, the captain's bomb-proof. He's on the field till the end. Um, unless I'm mistaken, the, the the last thing he did was be needlessly offside when we were hitting the ball up into the corner to waste a bit of time. And yeah. that might seem to, to some people like... Um, a non-event, why would you even notice that? I notice these things because the way that game went, we got pegged back twice. What if it happened again because of that
3: stupidity? Not, and... just, not just been needlessly offside, Trev. He's needlessly offside, completely the opposite side of the pitch to where he should be. So fair enough if he's he's offside. But if he'd been onside and lost that ball and Forrester just turned and whipped a ball across into the space that he had abandoned to go needlessly chasing a ball to the other side of the pitch... There's a big open space that we're now exposed in. And, like, this is a bigger issue than people want to pretend that it is. We see this guy regularly late in games where we're 2-1 up or 3-2 up, pressing goalkeepers and stuff like that. That's not your job. And he does it not just as an eight. He does it when he plays the number six position as well. That's not your job there. Your job is to sit, to hold the shape, And to be ready if the ball comes back. Leave it to other people to do those runs. Leave it to other people to press the goalkeeper. You're 33 years of age. You've played 350 games in the league for us. You would think at this point there would be a little bit of game intelligence in his head. But that's the no, thing as
0: well, he's the captain, isn't he? And rather than being the one that's caught offside, he should be the one that's dishing out bollockings yeah, to anyone who's not that's thinking that way. If that, if way, that you had know.
3: been Milner that made that run, Milner was playing left side when he came on. If Milner made that run and been offside, Milner would be furious with himself. But at least he'd be on the right side of the pitch. He'd still be too advanced. But Henderson should then be the one bollocking him. He shouldn't be over there getting caught offside. He shouldn't be over there at all. You're serving no purpose Believe especially it, especially when you're
0: play, playing in a way where one of your right-sided plays isn't always right-sided if you know what i mean
3: and, and they've now got four attackers on the pitch mm.
0: so can, can we can, can we can we just expand this out a little bit as
2: well because I, I know I, I i know i can i can see it i can hear the comments and i can see the things being written on twitter yeah oh, the boys are giving out about henderson again okay oh, let's, let's expand this out a little bit into a bigger question here because Here's something, and and Jim, I'll get a take from you first on this, and then we'll we'll pop it back to Dave. This is connected to the manager as well. It's directly connected to the manager, this whole thing, because he's the one who makes the selection choices. And when he decided to change the midfield today, he took off Fabinho, who I thought was having an okay, as, you know, in in this current iteration of Fabinho, an okay-ish afternoon. Um, And he brings on Thiago, who immediately then has to go and play in that um, most uh, deep lying midfield role, or or was he? Because surely when you take off Fab, then doesn't. Is not Jordan the guy who steps into that six and you allowed to, the Tiago to play more advanced, but that didn't happen. Some kind of confused Jim as to the manager's thinking here. Was it uh, bravado uh, to think we don't need that sort of holding midfielder role? Because Jesus Christ, there's plenty of evidence to suggest we did. So I, I'm 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 really confused about his thinking around the whole midfield area, uh, and and what what uh, it doesn't fill me with confidence for the summer to come that he has the same sort of thoughts in his head that the vast majority of fans have in regard to the player type that we need.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether he's just thinking the midfield's been so shit this season, whichever one I've put out, I might as well just stick anyone <laughs> anywhere, maybe. You know, maybe he's just given up on trying to put any logic to it. Um, I don't know. I just, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I think we know the midfield we've got is not, is not great. I don't know whether Fabinho maybe went off because and we've, we've gone so far without mentioning this word, but because the ref wasn't very um, generous with his cards today. Mm. But I think for being your missus two games, if he gets another yellow... Yeah, he's, yellow, well, he's so whether, one yellow
3: from a two-game suspension.
0: So whether that was a little bit of the thinking to take him off. But, as you say, bringing him on, you would expect Endo to sort of take his place. And and in a way, Tiago to kind of mean that, that Trent doesn't need to go centrally anymore. Yeah. You know, at this point in the game, we can sort of get it a bit more like... We're ahead. We're vulnerable. Let's tighten things up at the back and keep, you know, hold on to what we've got a little bit more. Um, let's not take chances. But um, I don't know. That's just, and and you know, that's that's the thing that we used to hate when we were watching Liverpool against Brendan Rodgers when Brendan Rodgers was manager. One of the things we hated when we were in our best spell with him was how bad we were at just sort of. You know, it's exciting to watch, but then we we were so leaky at the back. You know, we so focused on on scoring, we weren't thinking about de- about uh, defending. And, you know, again, that seems to happen today. The the whole, even the sort of when we were taking the short corners, it was a half-hearted, but come on, we can score from this last. No, 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 no. Look, just, just be happy. Three points. That's what we need. You know, it's to you know, another win straight after the last one. It's this kind of thing. We've got to keep this run going. But no, it's this sort of, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I feel silly complaining about a Liverpool side being positive. Um, but sometimes, you know, being positive it's, we've seen today we weren't making much use of our positivity we weren't completing the chances let's get home let's get back in and let's have a, a bit of analysis about how we managed to turn 80% possession into six shots on target you know let's let's look at that later but for now let's hang on to what we've got um again i just think i do i just think the midfield is such a mess that um, <laughs> I, i've given up on it um hendo he's been a great servant for us and he's definitely, we've said it before, he's definitely at that stage now where he should be having his decline somewhere else. With all due respect, you know, he should be leaving here, going somewhere else, getting himself, um, getting himself loads and loads of um, photos and signed photos whenever he comes back, you know, getting, getting praise. Like we saw Stephen Gerrard in the stands today, that kind of thing, you know, a legend to look back on. Instead, he's going to be remembered as, as what we're seeing now. And that's not, you know that's not what we should be doing we should be remembering him for what the good stuff he did do and i know there's always been a bit of like mixed um, feelings about about hendo amongst the fan base i don't you know we all know that but this this hendo now is so much harder to defend and it says a lot that I think I wrote down a couple of things about him today, maybe three things, and I'm not got, I'm not looking at it straight away this second. But one of them was was a shot that was just so far over, it's mm. just a waste of time. Um, but not even in a good way nowadays because ball boys get the ball back to the keeper. Quick enough for another kickoff, and the other one I can remember was when the um, when it was a bit of a fun when the granddads were messing about with the kids when uh, there was a throwing yeah. for them, you know, yeah. and that's it. So that was a good moment. He has been a bit of a div. Is, is
3: that a, a good but, moment though? Is well, that a good, good moment? Because all you do is get them
0: fired up. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, it's good in a sort of a bit of a laugh, a bit of fun. But no, it's not because that that ref will add that time on if it's wasted. Although he didn't add any on for us, that ref would add that time on, and as you say, he gets them fired up. All it does is gives you a better time maybe to get organised for you, for the actual throwing, but we weren't they, getting organised with all the time. Throwing. Yes.
3: They almost scored from that throwing. Like, yeah. I'm not being funny here, but this Henderson is not new. This is the same Henderson we saw last year. And this is the same Jordan Henderson in terms of his ability on the ball, as has always been. His ability on the ball has not declined. What's declined is his ability to run. So I have to, I have to ask, and nobody has given me a real answer to this. What does he offer on the pitch? On the pitch, what does Jordan Henderson offer? Doesn't uh, score the, goals. There's only Doesn't, one.
2: Per- there's only one person, Dave, who can, who can, who can answer that question. Right, and... So I
3: want to read you a quote, Trev. I want to read you a quote. Yeah. This is the same superlative bullshit that we hear all the time. Okay. When I ask somebody. What does a player offer? If one of your first things that they offer is intangibles, they don't (laughs) offer anything. So allow me to read you a quote. He has an important role. He is the captain, leads and communicates with the managers, motivates the team. He's the example in the training space. Is that or is that something, or is that not something we've heard hundreds of times about Henderson?
2: Yeah. And And people try to say,
3: oh, that proves the manager rates him. That quote was not from Jurgen Klopp about Jordan Henderson. That quote was from Eric Hag about Harry Maguire. They are <laughs> the exact same superlative <laughs> intangibles that we hear trotted out every time because nobody can make a real argument for what he offers on the football pitch. Yeah. I saw someone today say, say, oh, it makes sense to start him because he can help with organisation. Really, should we watch the second forest goal in slow motion, when Darwin walks over to mark Gibbs White and Henderson rushes over to tell him to go and mark somebody else and then doesn't mark Gibbs White himself and then doesn't close Gibbs White down and Gibbs White scores, there's your organisation. On the ball, he offers nothing other than keeping sure the centre-backs have plenty of the ball. And off the ball, he doesn't do his defensive work. He doesn't track runners. He made a couple of tackles today. In credit to him, but some of them were just blocked tackles when lads tried to bounce it off his shins. We've seen him go all season long, averaging less than a tackle a game, which is pathetic for a midfielder who's meant to be a combative midfielder and has played in the number six position a bunch. Like he doesn't offer anything on the pitch. So people will say, "Oh, well, it's it's his it's his impact off the pitch." That's just something people say to make up for the fact that they know this lad doesn't offer anything.
0: I think the other thing about him is that...
3: actively avoiding passing him the ball.
0: This this season, I think you you could say, he's got... Every player gets to a point in the career. I mean, I actually think if they get to a certain point in the career, then maybe you're better off letting them go and getting someone younger in who's of the same, roughly same kind of level who could grow into something much better rather than having someone who's at that level now and he's only going to get worse. But when we struggle this season then yeah, you can look at the bench and think, well who else who else could have come on? But as Trev said, when you look at the bench today, how you know, that's the that's the thing. He's not he he wasn't was he really uh that that high up the pecking order if you like? Should he have been that high up the pecking order that he got to start today and you know And finished him and finished bomb proof enough yes, to him. But he's,
3: bomb- he's been bomb proof all along. Like he was awful last season awful and actively played a role in costing us the title he was awful in the champions league final and it doesn't get talked about nobody wants to talk about it because they're all afraid of saying it not one you know journalist not one journalist has written a single story about his decline not one not one of them have had the balls to say let's be really honest here jordan henderson has not put together a good run of 3 or 4 games since early 2020 before the pandemic
0: i think one way to, one way to yeah. sort of compare the kind of treatment he's getting is to say so if we if, if whatever whatever starting level you think hendo's at, you you've been really blind if you think he's still at that same point now that say he was say three years ago two years ago whatever where, where is he now to where he was then you're right there's a decline um is to look at the way Trent Alexander-Arnold got treated earlier on in the season, when he had the audacity to have some bad games, you know, um, or have bad moments in games. The same goes and, for
3: Virgil, the same goes for Mo. Yeah. Those great players are the reason we won the trophies that we won. And yet much of that praise got diverted to lesser players like Henderson. And yet when he declines and is shocking nothing gets said when they have a rough spell they get absolutely pillared Nabi keita went to atletico madrid and scored a worldie and had fault in two goals that they scored the next day three liverpool journalists journalists had hatchet pieces ready to go earlier this season Nabi came in i think it was against crystal palace and had a stinker the next day two liverpool journalists had hatchet pieces ready to go not one single piece in any way critical of this guy but yet when he wanted to tell the story of how the club were being mean and not offering him the contract he wanted they all rushed to hold him up oh how could liverpool survive without henderson now here we are two years into a four-year contract he has been awful since signing that contract it's got two more years to run a 10 million plus bonuses a year and we're stuck with this, and nobody's going to take them off yeah. our hands because no one wants them.
2: And the plat, the platitudes and cliches continue apace from all pundits, everyone watching the game saying, "Oh, you know, again, leadership, um, 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 engine, and the, you know, creativity." Honest to God, these are the things that model are being professional. said by these people.
3: Don't forget, model professional. But, but, Never but let. But also, also event- Well, sure, and and you could
2: say that. But 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 inventing things, inventing things like creativity, inventing things like uh, the engine, uh, midfield engine. This is this is not the case anymore. So it's just strange, and it's tied in directly to the manager. There's no two ways about it. And I, like I said, just come full circle on this and get that sh- that chat out of the way early on them in the show, it just makes me worried about what it is that exactly Jurgen is thinking is the uh, the ideal midfielder and what we're going to do in the summer. With all this talk about the midfield. Field. they've quickly to talk uh, about Nottingham Forest with you and the way they went today. Um, they're, they're looking around them this evening now with the Leicester result and they've mm. got to be getting nervous. It's um, it's, it, it was always going to be a little bit of a mess. Uh, I think the manager takes some credit for fashioning some sort of a side um, from the absolutely bananas amount of recruitment that they did and um, Jan on Thursday was saying, yeah, they got a lot of lads in, but were any of them any good? was basically his take. How many of them are actually any good? And, you know, the the way they went today, they've got Nekate and Felipe and McKenna. um, They have Mangala and Freuler. Uh, Williams and Lodi, either side of them, and Danilo and Gibbs-White and Awanyi uh, up top. Now, again, I was very impressed with the physicality of Awanyi in terms of just... He's such an old-fashioned centre-half yeah. throwing his weight around. You can see some other of, of their players. Gibbs White stands out, obviously. Some of their other players have a bit of him. we know Nico Williams um, is a decent footballer. And they have some other decent people in their squad. Uh, the captain, Joe Worrell, came on. Sam Surridge came on. Brennan Johnson came on and looked very good. Uh, Manuel Dennis and IU came on as well. I hadn't seen Andre Ayu for ages. He looks about 83. Jesse Lingard's on their bench. Wayne Hennessy uh, and uh, at least a couple other lads, Stafaldo and, and Hammond. It, 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 I, I'm I'm kind of inclined to think they'll have just enough, probably because there are probably enough decent footballers there to do it. But I think it's going to be really tight for them. And it just makes it all the more sort of embarrassing that we had to stagger to that 3-2 win today.
3: Yeah, it does. Look, the big thing for them is this season, they have been absolutely decimated with injuries. Um, They did sign a lot of good footballers. There's there's just no way around it, but injuries and Steve Cooper's own indecision about what kind of team he wants to send out have really hampered a number of these players all season long. Um, Like, Dean Henderson they brought in from United. He is a good goalkeeper. He had a bit of a rough start and he got injured, so they had to go and they had to bring in Kaylor Navas. And again, he's a good goalkeeper. Nico's a good footballer, but he's a wing back. He's not a fullback. So he's looked good like today when they've played a back three and wing backs, but when they play a back four, he looks out of position. Um, they've had a bit of a mess at left back. They bought Omar Richards to come in and be the starting wing back. He arrived with a stress fracture in his leg, hasn't played all season. So then they had to kind of find somebody and they got Renan Lodi in on loan but the risk with loan players especially loan players coming from a club like atletico madrid to a smaller club like forest is are you really getting full commitment from them and i think at times this season he hasn't always looked locked in they've had injuries to niacata who i, I think is, is a good defender um mckenna's had injuries Worrells had a couple of injuries they brought in Willie bolly he got injured pretty much straight away check coyote played a few games and sent back like there's been a lot of Bodies thrown into centre back, and they haven't had that stable group. There hasn't been a stable partnership or even a stable three. And like you saw it today, McKenna gets hurt, goes off, and it's not just a one out, one in change. He goes off, Niacata has to move from the middle to the left, Felipe moves from the right to the middle, and Worrell comes on. So all the centre backs have now changed.
0: And I know you can't be bothered running along. You just told me the long one or something.
3: Yeah, they all just switched across (laughs) one, but like, (laughs) it it, it does take like they're having to adapt to new roles. They're adapting to a different person to the side of them. Nikate wants a different type of ball than McKenna has, so that affects Ren and Lodi. The same thing with Worrell and Felipe. So it affects Nico. The keeper has to now get used to this realignment in front of him. So it's just it's a lot of injuries, it's a lot of bad luck. They do have talents, like Gibbs White's a really good player. Brennan Johnson's a really good player. I I think Teo, once he settles fully, I think next season, if he's still there, will we'll do very, very well for them. A couple haven't worked. Emmanuel Dennis is a good player, showed it at Watford last year, hasn't worked at all this year. Uh, the same goes for Lodi. He's a good player, but it hasn't really worked out. I really like Daniel, the, the kid that played, the Brazilian kid that played today, but he's not an advanced midfielder. Like, he's a holding midfielder. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff, we've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. And they're playing him in that line behind the striker and it just doesn't suit him at all. He's too far forward. So he's not able to get involved in the game enough. When he was at Palmeiras, he used to drop in, pick the ball up off the centre-backs and kind of run the game for them. As well as been really good in his defensive work and his ball winning, so it, it's a, a, I think a, a mix of injuries, some bad luck, and the manager not really using players where they're best suited to being used, has is what's left for us in this. It
0: sounds like the the, the the excuses excuse. that we've made this season, if we like, the sort of reasons we've tried to give, the sort of. You know, it's only because one of the things we've tried to talk about is, is changes at the back. So we've not had any stability in place, you know, losing that sort of rhythm of just playing with each other and knowing where each other is. And, you know, maybe a couple of new signings needing time to settle and stuff like that. And if anything, we're kind of over that now. We're more, at this moment in time, we've we've got a more settled lineup maybe than we've had in in a long time. Yet again, that makes it more frustrating today that, that Forrest are still in that, aren't they? They're still in that sort of. Plays playing out of position, you yeah. know, plays you don't really know each other that well and, and, and all the rest of it. And it's, you know, it adds to the frustration, I think. It sure does. And let's talk about if, double down on the frustration because,
2: Jim, you and I are going to discuss the entire first half because, honestly, it's doable. Uh, obviously, Dave, if there's anything that, that we leave out you want to jump in at the end, do. Um, there is a sort of an opportunity in five minutes where we see Cody cutting in and shooting from the edge of the box um notable um nice uh applause going around on, on on six minutes it was nice to see that um i, t- I thought it reflected well on the forest
0: fans as well some other stuff i'm so I, I, I gonna say yeah it, that they do that and that's really good considering the part that 1989 you know they were involved in 1989 and and you know and, they, and some of them fell for some of the bullshit that was being spread by the police and so on at the time um but you know you sort of you damaged your good work by singing the sign-on shit. You know, oh, just have so a think about what, what You know, it, it's thick. Yeah. You're acting agreed. thick. You know,
3: agreed.
0: The, and the, it, and the thing it, is, it, they
3: made such a big thing about how, you know, there was going to be no hateful chanting, and and credit to you know some of their supporters coming out beforehand and saying, look, no more tragedy chanting and all that. Like, let's be honest, poverty is a human tragedy. So mm-hmm. that that is travel when you're chanting sign on, sign on, that is a human tragedy that you're chanting about. And Jim's right, a lot of their fans did fall for the government cover-up and and the media bullshit, because Brian Clough fell for it. Mm -hmm. And Clough, before he died, obviously came out and said, like, I I believed what I was told. And because of me, Forrest fans believed what they were told. And he he did own, own up to it, but at the same time, it took him a long time to be as open and it took forest fans as well then a long time to realize we've been fed a bunch of lies here. Like yeah. the, what's happened here is, is a, is a cover up and the media are strongly involved in this.
2: Yeah. and just makes it all the more uh, depressing uh, as Jim says. And that's what I was alluding to, you know, um, that the, the, the observance of the, the sign of respect reflects well on them. Like I said, other stuff not
0: so much, and it it's, is. It's a start. It's a start. Yeah, well,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. In in a, in an era of very low expectations of humanity, I suppose we'll take it. Um, the 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 half. Then I was I was enthused a little bit by the potential for what might happen with this trend thing over the um course of the season, and I have to say, in the first half. Ibu saw more of the ball because whatever way it was working out, him and Trent were in similar places, and Trent was quite often laying that off to him. And we found Ibu Kanate on the ball an awful lot, um, as opposed to what it was supposed to look like. And I, I I'm just not sure. That that's anywhere near where it needs to be yet. Anyway, the first half continues. There was a Nibu Kanata header in nine minutes. Uh, there was a Virgil nearly got to a corner on nine minutes as well. Um, good carry um, of the ball um, uh, by Mo and a nice ball through towards Cody Gakpo on 16 minutes, but it didn't come to anything. We were starting to play some nice stuff. It wasn't really at the tempo, Jim, we'd like it to be, but it was okay on 26 minutes. Virgil headed a Trent Free goalward. Uh, Gary Breen said he should do much better with the header because Gary Breen was such a world-class talent. Um it's saved and pushed over the top by um the keeper um a couple of corners resulted they had to bring on uh warrell on 28 minutes for mckenna uh who looks like he's done himself a bit of a nasty injury there was a chance from the second of those two corners after um uh came on um on the half hour mark ibu went close with uh, a header cleared oh, oh sorry it wasn't it was um, it was um, uh, uh, Cody I think at that stage went close and his attempt cleared off the line we didn't get to see a replay for ages so that's why I haven't changed my notes 34 minutes uh, again after a corner the ball broke to Mo um, he carried it a little bit and he curled a sort of haphazard enough shot over the top giotto was free on the back post from a trent free on 38 minutes and his header goes into the side ringing he should probably have got that one on target and a nice move on the 40 minute mark that dave mentioned earlier on got trent in but unusually for the kid um his touch was heavy and the ball went over the dead ball line that's the first half and you can hear from what i've said there with that exception of the ones cleared off the line There's nothing really of note for most in terms of dangerous ones. I suppose Virgil's header and the one that's cleared off the line, Jim. Um, Anything else jump out at you or any any takes you have on that first
0: half? No, I mean apart from Joe Warrell used to be a referee um, that was confusing at one point. Um, (laughs) um, The referee from Warrington back in the day, bit of a sort of Man United supporter, people said, but obviously Ah, they're they're impartial. impartial. You know, uh, referees are always impartial, always have been. Um, Always. it, as we said, I mean, we pretty much summed the first half up already because the first half sort of encapsulates all that was wrong with us really. Apart from as you say, those couple of chances, um, it was you know it was a, it was a good effort from Van Dyke. It was well saved. It was you know Nico Williams clearance on the line. Um, if I'm going to say anything about him today, it's why did we sell him? Because I'm sure we could have continued to make use of him. Um, but let's not get back onto um, plays that we maybe shouldn't have kept in the summer. Um, it 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 was uh, at half time my take was basically that you know loads of control not too much to show for it um, that the forest haven't threatened us much but the, at this point I re- I wrote down nil nil is a worrying score because you know we know what they're capable of we know what we're capable of and it just felt we weren't we just weren't pushing hard enough um, and the other surprise for me really was that there hadn't been any cards yet in the half because there'd been a few sort of fouls that normally you'd think you'd expect to see. Uh, see cards for and you know we've, we've done well not to mention the referee too much the only other thing is he added three minutes on even though one stoppage was more than three minutes um that was my frustration but that's that that in a way the fact i've written that down sums up that half it was a frustrating half there was you know clutching at straws really to blame the referee for anything because we just we we had all the ball and looked like we didn't know what to do with it yeah, Michael
2: Oliver, the the wonderkind, the great next, the next great thing in refereeing. He's just managed to blend into uh, become one of the other, um, you know, sort of unremarkable and quite often awful um, uh, fellows marching around the middle of the park.
0: Yeah, I couldn't believe um, I'd hardly noticed him for like a whole half. He, yeah, yeah, well,
2: that, that's true. Actually, <laughs> he does like a bit <laughs> notice. Um, Dave, you and I are going to do the first section of the first of the second half where basically um up as far as where darwin and Thiago come in which means we actually get to talk about three goals uh which is quite remarkable and there's not a whole lot else in it apart from those three goals uh just before we do is there anything you wanted to say on the first half are you happy to plow on
3: no it was uh it was a rather uneventful first half rather than the the three chances i mentioned earlier on
2: yeah, yeah. Let's do, let's have a look then at what happens in that early part of the uh, second half, up as far as the hour mark. Uh, we have a goal. We're ahead in 46 minutes. It's shot a, a Trent corner got kind of shouldered across the face of goal uh, by the Forest defender. Um, Fab headed the ball back goalward and Jota came across it to not at home because I think Fab's header would have been stopped. So it's a nice little poacher's goal um, and well taken. On 48 minutes, there's a snapshot by Gibbs White, well saved by Ali. That should have been a little bit of a red flag for our defence, a little bit of a, a warning light. Um, but alas, uh, as we'll find out later on, it wasn't. Um, on 50 minutes... Just four minutes after we've gone ahead, Williams has them back level. It's from a throw-in. Surprise, surprise. The ball was eventually played by Gibbs White, who was uh, on the on, uh, on the left-hand side moving infield over to the right wing where Nico is in literal yards of space. He's the, mm. the pitch to himself. His effort is deflected first off... Uh, ibu and then Robbo, i think uh past ali um but certainly off robo no so it's the later one that's deflected off ibu and then trent this one was just deflected off Robbo, who's trying to clear it and it goes past ali uh to make it one one and they have the they have their their moment of reprieve for all of four minutes because for on 54 minutes we go the other end and it's shot again this time it's a robo free kick into the box now, you have to admire the run that Jota makes. Mm. You, you, you would also have to point out that the Forest defence are caught absolutely with their pants down. He manages to chest control this free kick, take it on his chest, control it, take a touch on his knee. His right knee, I think, and then swivel and volley finish across the face of goal into the bottom corner. It's a peach of a goal. It's beautifully taken. Um, But he must have been wondering like it was right at the point of contact was the first uh, with the ball, was the first time a a defender got near him in that whole thing. So uh, he must have been wondering what was going on. Beautifully taken and deservedly, I thought. Um, It's great to see the kid back on the score sheet, uh, whether they're scruffy or whether they're nice, clean finishes like today.
3: Yeah, 100%. And again, like with the Leeds game, I don't necessarily think he played well, but it's more important that he score goals because he's had games kind of before he got injured where he was playing really well but wasn't scoring goals, and it was a little bit frustrating. Now it's four goals in two games, four goals after waiting an entire year for a goal. And the first one is great poacher's instincts, like you said. I I agree with you. I think Fab kind of just heads it in the general direction of goal. It's going to get cleared off the line. Uh, The only way we were going to score was from a set piece. Like It was going to take that, and we were going to need a little bit of luck. So we get a little bit of luck with it bouncing off. I think it's Nia but it could have been somebody else across to Fab. Fab does well, and Jota does brilliantly to just get in and poach a goal. I, I, I've i no idea what we're doing for their first goal. I, re- I really don't know what we're doing. Um, I do remember after the Leeds game, seeing Sam McGuire having a conversation with someone on Twitter, and I can't think who the person was, but they basically... They'd taken some screen grabs of some snapshots of the game where we tried to compress the field and make it really small and bunch everyone into one side of the pitch. And Sam was saying that he thought it was for counter-pressing purposes. I remember looking at it and thinking, and I think I said it to Sam, a good team is going to realise what we're doing and they're going to exploit that by just shifting the ball wide. And that's exactly what happened. We had everybody caught over on one side of the pitch. And when Gibbs White picks it up, it's so simple for them, and Rob was the only player who's far enough to the left that he can actually get across and even make it difficult for Nico. But I think I think like I know they hadn't had much of the play, but I think they did deserve their goal because I thought it was a really good response to us scoring. It would have been easy for them to just let their heads drop and and get walloped from there. Uh, but we react brilliantly. We really do react brilliantly. And again, like you said, it's a it's a set piece. I've no idea what their defence is doing. I, I really don't know, and I would guess Jota had to think at the time, "I must be offside or something," because there's no one, there's no one anywhere near me. But it's a brilliant first touch. It's a really good second touch, and the finish is really sharp. Like that's a player who who's willing to back himself to catch it that cleanly and put it where he put it. Um, massive credit to Jota. Good ball by Robbo as well. It must be said. Uh, he he spotted what was going on and realised that Jota had all the space there. It's a good ball from him, but their defense, their defence on that goal was nearly as bad as our defence on their second goal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, the, the, the fun doesn't stop there, Jim. We have a couple of goals to talk about ourselves. Uh, we'll take it up as far as Mo's goal, and we'll see what we do then with the rest of the show. Um, we bring on in 59 minutes Darwin and Thiago for... Um, Fab and Cody Gakpo. Uh, on 64 minutes, there's a lovely ball forward by Ibu Kanate. Um, really nicely uh, spotted. Uh, Jato's run, he, he takes a fantastic header. It's, it's it's really well executed and very well saved by Kieran Navas. Goes out for a corner, which ended with that wild Henderson effort you mentioned earlier on. Mm. Um, on 67 minutes, it's 2-2. And, you know, it, 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 I was too annoyed to even get annoyed if that makes sense it's gibbs white it was a long throw of course it was cleared only to the edge of the box of course uh gibbs white hits uh volley via first um Ibukunate and then trent uh to the bottom corner uh he was on his own and it didn't look too good in this in, in the replays either because um you see uh the captain not quite getting there uh, uh to block whatever attempt he was trying to make so that, that were 2-2. Two, two. And you got to admire, I suppose, the fact that we did go and nick ahead again. I, I, you, you, I don't know about you, but I know confidence in us keeping this lead, uh, given that there are 20 minutes left to play, especially after they bring on three forwards at one point later on. Uh, but it is it, only two minutes later where we are back ahead 3-2, and it turns out to be the decisive goal of the game, it's a trent free kick this time from the right hand side uh and it it interests our variation on 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 the previous goal the movement here is not as as dramatic and mo is absolutely wearing froiler as a suit Uh, he's trying to take him down like manhandling like all defenders do and i think it makes his finish all the more impressive he meets that free kick first time buries it into the bottom corner. It's so good. Um, We, of course, had the joy ripped out of a gym by having to wait for VAR to decide whether Mo was offside or not. Mm. Um... I, for for another day is the discussion about VAR um, and how much it's killed my enjoyment of football uh, and the key moments where you actually get to celebrate. Um, but anyway, that's a, a gripe for another day because it'll take a, it's a big conversation. In that period of time where we managed to lose our lead and regain it, um,
0: anything you want to talk about? Um, I think I mean just um, sort of. Re- Echoing what Dave said about the reaction from Liverpool, I think that that's what jumped out at me, that um, the, the Liverpool under Klopp in the early days was a team that could still make mistakes, still get things wrong, but then it would always react in the right way. And more often than not, you know, we may not end a game with a clean sheet, but we'd end a, a game with a wing because no, heads didn't go down. And as soon as we'd let ourselves down by conceding, we'd get back up the other end and score one. The other interesting thing I think on it is that i mean it's a question for another day one will never know hypothetical but Forrest clearly came with the, the idea was to sort of you know not really be very adventurous unless they went behind and as soon as they went behind they were so adventurous and so much of a threat and you know we managed to keep it that um we managed to react each time they scored just like they did twice for us, Um, you know if they'd have come with a little bit more bravery, we could have had a much more difficult day and I think when they equalised the 2-2 I actually wrote down, we could lose this and it's only in hindsight when I look back now and think, well maybe they didn't try and win it Um, you know, at at that stage, at that level in the table, at this point in the season, against a team like Liverpool, a point you know, a point's massive, you know it's such a big point if they'd have got it Um, and they could argue they were unlucky, but um, yeah, I mean that 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 goal from Salah, um, I was frustrated. If anything, that the, about the VAR, with that was going on about VAR, that that we even had to stop and wait for it because he was he just didn't look offside. He was nowhere near offside. He, no. he not for a moment did it cross my mind that it might be tight, it might be close. And it was, you know, it 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 was such a good ball that got straight through to him as well. It was, you know, <laughs> I don't think people sort of um, give Salah enough credit for his strength at times. You know, people. so quick to sort of call players divers and so on and so forth and you know the amount of wrestling that was going on at that point in time Salah could have easily gone down as she tried to get a pen um you could argue he probably wouldn't try and get a pen at the moment in case he had to take it but um it it didn't he didn't he didn't go down and despite being under that pressure he still managed to get you know a beautiful goal against the goalkeeper who um, I don't know if you noticed this. The goalkeeper seems to have forgotten his boots and he was wearing his skill shoes. I don't know. Um I've no idea what was on the half <laughs> of, of Taylor Navis today. I was looking at him going, What is what what have you got going on there? <laughs> but it's awful. <laughs> Is he, is he like he's in... This, I remember when Steve McManaman blacked out his boots because he was in dispute with, I think it was Adidas or, or Umbro, one of the yeah, two at yeah, the time. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So maybe it's that. Oh, it's just like that time when you forget your PE kit at school or you forget, you, you know, I've not got my boots, sir. Um, well, you can do it in your school shoes. No, <laughs> he,
3: he always wears completely blacked out boots. Always, always has. It. I don't know why. I've no idea what it is, but that's... He has always worn completely blacked out boots and he wears... The long leggings that are the same color as whatever yeah, shorts they, were, which would be fine. Tight,
2: they weren't tight enough, or something. No, they, no, they looked like, like they, they were his
3: mom's tights or something. <laughs> you know those old tights that women used to wear back in like the seventies that like your granny would have had back in the seventies. That's Batty. what it looked like. Yeah, Nora Batty tights. That's sort of that's <laughs> what it looked like. Um And it, you know, it's fine if you're wearing green or blue, but in grey, it just looks horrendous. It just yeah. looks awful.
2: God love him. He, he, he was he was he was struggling uh, in in the in the appearance department. All right,
0: and Jim, I'm going to pause... He made a couple of good saves, though, didn't he? I mean, I mean, to, to be ah, fair,
2: you know, he's class act. He's a class act. I I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, and doesn't get half. Some, uh, would wouldn't play. mind
3: him as a backup to Allison this summer if oh. Keller is going to leave because he could be available on a free.
2: Imagine that. That would be fantastic. That's uh,
0: the kind of transfer business we should be finding, isn't it? Never mind all the big name, big money signings. It's these peripheral that's players it. if you like that's, that you that's need to a lad with, as well with three
3: european cups to his name like that's a lad who's been in the biggest games and has no no concerns about um about any Molly pressure and in like the, fact in the bottom half he, and that's it and the fact that he's gone to forest shows he's not necessarily a guy with a big ego either yeah yeah
2: uh okay molly's eager to get involved there she
3: yeah, she is, unfortunately,
2: yeah. Fair, fair play though. that's good. Uh, I, I, what I'm going to do is, I'm just going to pause pause it here because we need to uh, mention uh, the significance of that goal for Mo Salah today mm. because what it does is it puts him level with Robbie Fowler in terms of goals scored, but in, in 70 games less, if yeah. you don't mind. And now I'm looking at it, and I think I heard you talking about this before, Dave. I'm looking at it, and I and didn't, I didn't agree with you in terms of it being possible but I think he will, he'll obviously probably overhaul Stephen Gerrard before the end of the season, most likely. Yeah. And next season, he'll overhaul Billy Little. And I think he can just rest easy there because that is a hell of an achievement. It's, of course, very possible if he stays at the club. That he could get, I think, past Gordon Hodgson as well, and maybe even into Roger Hunt territory. But you're talking about another
0: hundred and two goals. That's and don't forget, ask. he's not he's not been our first push, first choice penalty taker either for most of the time he's yeah. been here. Yeah, so, that's exactly that. That's Milner that's has him.
3: probably twelve or thirteen penalties that Mo could have taken. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, that's a massive massive part of it. He'd be
2: nearly at, he'd be nearly at Billy Little. Uh, if 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 he was if he was hitting those pens, yeah. it's 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 a stunning achievement, it's and the just goals for, for him game to that's be so
3: impressive, Trev, it's the goals per it game. Is, like it is. much better goals per game record than Fowler, than Gerrard, than Liddle, than Hunt, and than Rush. The only one with a better goal to game ratio is um, Gordon Hodgson, who's got a spectacular record. It's outstanding, seventy-seven. And <laughs> yeah. remember, Gordon Hodgson married his professional footballing career with also playing first class cricket he played for lancashire and was one of the top bowlers in the country <laughs> for a number of years and then gave up the cricket to focus on football but what he fella. could have done even more uh um, just fella. one of the great sportsmen but i don't know like i was looking at, it at the start of the season and, and just thinking if mo just repeats what he's done in terms of the overall total of goals across the next five years, because he'd been in five years, then he's only a season or so away from potentially passing Rush. Now, he might not stay long enough, and obviously there'll be a decline at some point. I know some people have jumped to tell us he's in decline this season, but and also five years at that output, Dave, that's that would that would I mean, be like it, huge, un- unheard yes. of. Yeah. Well, it's yes. not. Is it unheard of though? Because like, let's look at Cristiano, who's.
2: Well, okay, with the exception of Messi and Ronaldo, you're looking at like it's 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 it would be all It, it would be
3: unusual. Yeah, it would yeah. be unusual, but the thing with Cristiano that's kept him doing what he's been able to do is is how he looks after himself. There's not Put a guy in the Premier yeah. League in better shape than Mo. And
0: that's it. Yeah.
3: you know what when I hear about how, you know, Marcus Rashford is having this unbelievable season and should be in the conversation for footballer of the year, but he's got 28 goals in 48 games. Mo has 26 and 43, so you know that's a, a slightly better goals per game rate or, or a similar goals per game rate. Mo also has more assists. I'm hearing talk that Bakaio Saka has overtaken Mo as the best right winger in the league. Now I love Saka and I think he's having a great season. He's got 14 goals in 42 games, and a number of them are penalties. And he also doesn't have as many assists as Mo, I don't believe.
0: And he's so, playing for a team that's, well... That's
3: great, that's Almost flying.
0: winning the league, but probably going to throw it away, you know.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think they, they, they hit the skids. But do you know what I mean? Like, this is the standard that Mo is held to. Mo, by the numbers, is having a better season than Saka and
0: Rashford. And he's I, had a shit yeah. season in many and of our had, eyes, hasn't he? You yeah, know?
3: by his own standards because yeah. well, it's, it's, it's the yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. same with Virgil. Like, yeah, Virgil clearly not as good this season as he was last season or pre injury. But let's let's not compare him to himself for a second. Let's compare him to the other defenders in the league. Other than Sven Botman and maybe William Saliba, has there actually been any centre backs that have had a better season? Ebu, you could argue, Diaz would be an argument, but like I'm hearing, Lisandro Martinez is having this unbelievable season, and then I'm watching his team ship four goals in one game and six in another and seven in another, and watching Newcastle tear them apart and watching Arsenal tear them apart, and I'm thinking, our players, our great players, are not. This is how great they are. They're being compared to themselves, not to the other players in the league because they've transcended the league when Trent is getting absolutely rinsed it's because he's being compared to himself Reese yeah. James has just as many bad games no one says a word Trippier has a load of bad games no one says a word Ben White has a load of bad games nobody says a word the greatest thing Ben White Reese James and Kieran Trippier have accomplished in their careers is being compared to Trent That's the standard that Trent has set, that Virgil has set, and that Mo has set. That they're the benchmark, and they're only compared against themselves because nobody else comes close in terms of what they've done in body of work. And you only see... um...
4: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted... But I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked, and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial, and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or, go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Macboxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
2: Proper analysis of how players are good or bad. It appears these days in the Ghanaian parliament where Harry Maguire got roasted recently. And if you, ha- <laughs> if you have not seen this, my friends, get onto YouTube and put Harry Maguire Ghana politics or Ghanaian parliament and you will have yourself a right old chuckle uh, I've watched it endlessly it's fantastic he's being used as a verb in Ghana uh, <laughs> to, to, to describe to describe how Happy Maguire how
3: he... <laughs> also transcending football but for all the wrong reasons
2: They've, they've basically yeah they've mcguired their economy um it's tremendous um i i, I have I, there There are some things left uh in terms of uh incidents that happen in a match um they're a little bit worrying as we said the last 20 25 minutes uh, were less um comfortable than they should have been Credit to Mr. Awani for his uh, spectacular overhead, which was narrowly over the top um, after another long throw, had us all over the shop in 72 minutes. They did bring on Johnson for Freuder, who had er, earlier on failed to, um, despite the fact that he was all over Mosala, stopping from scoring. Uh, Felipe has a header off target in 76 minutes, 78. Another throw, another mess. And we saw the guy who come on, Brent Johnson, uh, lift the ball over Ali and onto the bar, and um, it's a mess. At this stage, we bring on Diaz and Big Jimbo for Jota and Curtis. Um, Williams took out Diaz on the break and got a yellow on eighty-two. They bring on three strikers in eighty-six minutes. He might have left it a bit late, for being honest. Uh, Dennis, IU, and um, I can't remember who else came on for. Um, so Surridge came on for uh, uh, Wanyi, who had a, a, a good afternoon. I thought Felipe and Lodi. Uh, yet another long throw has us in trouble again. And then it's mostly positive till the end. Um, Darwin had a poor enough header from a Robo free kick on 88 minutes. You'd like to see him possibly do a bit better with it. Uh, 88 minutes, Mangala has a header on target and held by Ali five minutes added on by um, Big Mick Oliver. Uh, Trent gave the ball away on the 90-minute mark. The ball broke eventually to Mangala, and he shot it well off target, thankfully. Darwin has a sort of a dinked cross shot. We're not sure what he was going for. Was he trying to pick out the man at the back post, or was he actually trying to go for a goal? But it goes wide of the top corner on 91 minutes. And yet again, on 92, a Gibbs-White low free kick and we're all over the show it was awful stuff uh and left me even more frustrated and annoyed than I possibly should have been given that we just won 3-2 um so what I'm going to do uh Jim is I'm going to go to you to get any thoughts about that section of the match and I'll, I'll finish the match. We'll finish the show with you um, after I get Dave's final thoughts when we've discussed this little period of the game. Um, anything you want to pick out from those last 25 minutes? And 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 just a simple question to start it. Were you as sort of on edge as I was uh, during all those long
0: throws? No, I was. I was definitely on edge. It was. Um... The thoughts I had at half time about nil nil being a worry um now it was a worry just being one goal ahead um in the sense that we were going to maybe not lose the game at this point, but um we were going to concede and um i've definitely wrote down somewhere own worst enemies because we were at times and um i think eighty nine minutes I just wrote down LFC, far tossing. Because we were just <laughs> fart-assing around and I don't know what the hell we were doing, but we weren't trying to make sure we won the game. I can't even remember what it was that, was that, that made me write that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 just frightening to see that we could that we can play like this towards the end of a game that we have had so much control over. Um, yeah, I mean I don't know if that Nunes effort was was a cross or an attempt to chip the keeper. Either way, you know it, it was nice to see him you know, trying something, um, even though it didn't quite work out. But, yeah, um, when the five minutes went up, I thought, oh, shit, five minutes. I also angrily thought, how can you add five on? Surely there's not five, but it just felt like it was going to be one of those never-ending five minutes. And, you know, with with the short corners and everything else that went on, it just felt like... (laughs) I mean, another word I wrote down was vulnerable because I just felt we were vulnerable. Um, But we didn't need to be. And that's the frustration bigger than anything, is that we didn't need to be vulnerable. We needed to be sensible. We needed to realise what the situation was, that, you know, this game is ours now. Ours for the taking. Um, Just be sensible. And, And these kind of words come to your head that, you know, it's as if you're dealing with a well, you know about about this than me. So You're dealing with a classroom full of kids, you know that just don't know how to be sensible, and it's just the most simple thing. How do you tell a classroom full of kids to just be sensible? You know, you, it's not something you can teach them as such. They should just know uh, one day. Well, that's kids. This is this is the professional football team that we that we love and. <sighs> If there's any analysis we take away from this at the end, it is that we've got to say, look, nice win, three points, three great goals, lots of lots of good positive signs to take from the game in in terms of like, I mean the way the way Jota so calmly put away his second goal, particularly you know, is he back? I hope so because we've missed the jota that we used to have Um, the sight of Diaz getting a few more minutes, maybe he's going to come back soon lots and lots of positives to take from it no doubt, but you know, when we're back at the training ground on Monday I nearly said Melwood, when we're back in in Kirby on Monday then um, there's so many there's a long, long list of things that still need to be worked on, reacting great we reacted great to when we scored, but um we're not sorry to when they scored but we're not reacting to when to when we're scoring by you know either making sure that we go and get another goal or just making sure we don't concede and yeah it's frustrating And and I think the biggest reason it's frustrating is you know we could go through lots of these podcasts we've done after a match and find we're making almost the same points um week after week and if we're making them why can't the people who make the decisions make them yeah that's a very good point um even in in that period
2: in the in the, in the second half after we are 3-2 up and we've got tiago on the pitch and we were trying to do the whole funnel everything through tiago even the great man was misplacing a few passes and I was just ah <laughs> oh, come on let's can we just but no no um we were we were fated to suffer in that last period alas it felt very familiar from years back Uh, Jim, I'll finish the show with you in a few minutes you can uh, be putting together your final thoughts for us there. And, Dave, why don't we get yours now in terms of that uh, overall? Um, And, uh, of course, as usual, just let people know at the end what we've got in store for for them next week.
3: Uh, Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And today we were more lucky than good. So, you know, three points is three points and we'll take them and be delighted. Um, there's some good individual achievements today. It's eight goals in the last eight Premier League games for Mo, and we, we've been over the the goal record. And, and since arriving, the fact that he's now in the same sort of stratosphere as as Fowler, you know, well past Kenny, well past uh, Owen. He's just now played one game more than Michael Owen, and has uh, twenty five more goals than Michael Owen, which just goes to show, you know, considering the position he's played in as well. What a ridiculous footballer this lad is. He'll pass Gerard And I know the idea is that Gerrard was a midfielder, but those of us that watched him know that he played large chunks of his career, both on the right wing and behind the striker. So he and did took the play. In, yeah. you know, he did and took penalties. He did play in very, very advanced roles for us. And, and Mo will pass him um, in the next seven games, most likely. <clears throat> and, uh, and then it's like you, you said earlier, Trev. It's Billy Little within his sights for next season, and he'll still have a year left on his contract, which should bring him past Gordon Hodgson, which will put him in the top three. And that's assuming he leaves at the end of this contract. If he stays longer, then Roger Hunt becomes a, a viable name to pass, uh, which is just incredible in the modern day to be doing what Mo has done. It is sensational. It's a hundred wins. At Anfield in the league for Jürgen in his 144th home game in the Premier League. Uh, that's second, or sorry, third behind Bob Paisley, who did it in 131. And Bill Shankly in 139, which, considering where the club was when Shankly took over, is fairly remarkable. Um, yeah, three points is three points. And look, I'll, I'll take that performance again seven times over if we get the same result seven times over but there's a lot of worrying things that are developing in this team and just in terms of how lax they can be defensively the open spaces that they're leaving was the same thing against Leeds we weren't punished against Leeds we were a couple of times today and you know again just all I want is a footballing reason why one player is bulletproof and the rest are not. That's all I want. One footballing reason, not some sort of intangible nonsense. Just give me a footballing reason. And Jim mentioned earlier, you know, you've got a bunch of school kids and you you want to calm them down. Well, you would have thought that bringing on Milner and having Milner and Henderson on the pitch, given their leadership would have calmed everything down. And it didn't. Uh, We just had more open space because Milner can't run as much as Curtis. Um, that's it really, that's all I've got for today Just glad that we got three points A little bit fortunate that we got three points And If Forrest play like that the rest of the season I do think they can stay up Because there's a lot of bad teams down at the bottom of the league But they've got a tough run in which is unfortunate for them And uh, it is a shame that their, their journey back to the Premier League Might be one and done But I, I think they do add to the Premier League Because they're one of the great clubs They're a two-time European Cup winner but their fans really need a need a talking to like Nottingham is not some thriving metropolitan center without its own social issues. You've got unemployment, you've got poverty, you've got issues regarding race and gender in your city itself. Take a long look internally before you start to project stuff externally especially in a city like Liverpool, which, as everybody knows, the government once tried to leave to die. This is a city that survives because of the work of its own people, not because of any external help. And God bless the city of Nottingham if every every government agency at once turned their back on them and left them to deal with their own people and their own issues because I don't think they'd survive the same way the City of Liverpool have survived and um, that's all I've got two-footed every day, Daily Red every day there'll be a couple of scouteds there'll be a fight fever at some point with Dave Davis and I'll probably try and get an old school with gags as and when he has some time
2: Fantastic. Uh, make sure you're getting your ears around all of that stuff from Dave. Um, it is, I know, a daily fix for a lot of you um, uh, who enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, Jim, just your final thoughts, but just maybe if, if to frame it up with a question at the top, because I'm listening to what Dave's saying there and I'm thinking, you know, we we were, myself and, and, and Jan, were running through the remaining fixtures and he's very bullish Which I was surprised by. And I think he was surprising himself that, you know, there could be seven wins and a draw in these last uh, eight games. But then you see the things we were doing in those last 20 minutes. Haven't had the character to get back ahead, uh, which we've spoken about and given credit for and talked about all the good things. Uh, And I wonder, do we have uh, what it takes to get the necessary results, to get the European football, which I think is actually a must the more I think about it. it it's it seems to be a very much a necessity I think for us to get Europa League it might at least indicate some sort of attainment for what has been a most awful season um when you look at that uh, mixed bag of performance today, do you think we have an in us to do that to get that little bit of uh very very qualified success at the
0: end of the season I actually do believe it or not and i don't want to sort of sound like i'm ultra confident on that it's a sort of very um it's almost like trying to think logically rather than with my heart and stuff but also from my memories as well and that's this 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 word that's been used today that that dave mentioned that i've mentioned and the way we react to things because now we seem to have remembered that when you go a goal down or when you concede a goal that's not it you know you're not you're not going to turn a win into a draw by because you've just conceded. You actually can still, you know, if there's more than a minute left on the clock, you can probably go at the other end and score one. And that is probably, um, I think, what is going to get us into a decent position at the end of the season. Whether we enjoy that run is another matter. Um, I'll say we can look back on today's game and say um, we enjoyed the win. We enjoyed the points. I'd rather have three points than, you know, a wonderful performance and a defeat. Um, We got the points and as every game goes on that we get the points even if we win it that way we're going to be happy so um maybe we all need to go and see our gps just to make sure our hearts are okay and and can stand up to it but i do (laughs) honestly think that we could do it um you know because we've done it before and champions league obviously way out of our, our reach now but yeah if we if we can get a decent finish at the top it, it it's not even just about the playing in europe which is so important you know we we get to test ourselves we get to um maybe we can even be a little bit more experimental in the in the european games as well if it's not champions league who knows um but decent in europe when when we want to be and it's just important that we keep that going but also when people look back and things and there's sort of a hangover into next season that it will be oh Liverpool who finished seventh last season and it's that whole thing starts hanging over you into the new season whereas if we go into a new season saying Liverpool had a shite time for most of the season but look at what happened at the end look at that run they went on it's so important for us to do that now and I think we can um, I just wish we wouldn't do it in the way we've done it today wish we'd do it in a nicer way um, I mean overall <clears throat> I have to agree what we said I mean I don't think Forest in the right position for the kind of team they are but they're in that position because of what's gone on before and obviously a lot of what happens next isn't going to be in their hands um <clears throat> they can only do as good as everybody else um they they, they they can only do try and do as well as everybody else or better than everybody else but other people can still do better than them and um there's nothing they can do yeah you, you know what i'm trying to say um covid brain is actually finally kicking in now um most <laughs> salad, most salad amazing what a player um i mean the only thing i can add to what's been said really as well is a lot of those legends from from the sort of early days before premier league sort of days um you know we would be having 42 game league seasons and things as well so um there's there's so many ways you can say i mean and it's whether he reaches those targets or not it's just good to have a player who's in a chart that looks like that you know he he's been a a wonderful player for us and he's and you know, as when we talk about how well he keeps himself, um, physically, but the kind of person he is as well. I mean, um, we talk about Henderson. If there's anything good we can say about Henderson, he's 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 well liked, he's you know, he's a good he's a good captain. He tries to get the clubs to do the right things, you know, he'll he'll ring round other captains to get them, um to get their clubs to do the right thing on certain important issues, things like that. So they, there's something good about about Jordan Henderson, but that doesn't answer the question Dave wants answering, of course. But For Mo Salah, what a a person he is. And um, there's so many stories about how much of a role model he is for for other players and for younger players coming through. And he's exactly the kind of player that any young player should want to model themselves on. It's not what he does on the pitch, it's what he does off it as well. Um, Yeah, granddad's on the touchline, I won't forget that. I hope that really is probably the last time we see um, Milner and Henderson <laughs> together, um, with all due respect you know we 've got some great memories, but I hope that 's the memory that sort of ends my my memories of them as far as um, you know season 's nearly over for us now let 's hope we can keep winning games and keep it interesting because the other reason to try and keep winning things is I hate those seasons where you play five or six games that are meaningless. I really cannot be asked with that, so I just hope we can keep winning and keep it interesting. As far as me doing anything is concerned, uh, there was no of Tommies last week. I had COVID after managing to avoid it for three years. Um, I don't remember much about the Leeds game. So even if I tried to do a podcast, it wouldn't have been much use. But I'm on the men, So hopefully next week, Jay and I can get back and get another of Tommies through. Because, you know, there's plenty to talk about. There always is with this club. And let's see if, uh, if Jay's as enthusiastic and, and positive and confident as I am look
2: forward to it and everyone else should do as well if you get an opportunity to listen to jim and jay make sure you are keeping an eye to see when that and if that drops uh we will have lots more for you on the channel of course as always um i'm going to try and get an aip in tomorrow which will be Uh, almost Hendrick levels of productivity for me with about six (laughs) shows in seven days or uh, something like that seven shows actually in eight days I think it'll be Um, and on Monday I'm back with Jan uh, as we reflect on today's and look forward to the midweek game on Wednesday so hopefully you can stick around and pay attention to those and uh, give us your ears Uh, we appreciate them and we appreciate you as listeners as ever I've been Trev Downey you heard Uh, dave hendrick and you heard jim boardman this has been raw and we'll see you again soon
1: we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community